what we're going to go to next is the idea of having a strong sense of reality. So this will be our sort of our next topic that we'll talk about. Okay, so we're shifting into a different topic right now. Having a strong sense of reality. All right, so human beings, basically what we do, we talked about this, is that we actually ping off of our environment to learn what our sense of reality is, to learn what's normal. So you could travel into all sorts of different places, right? You could travel into India, and people there wear a funny, like, turban on their head. What would happen where you're from if you, what would happen if you came to Cisco with a, a big uh, turban on your head today? Like, say you came to Cisco with a, with a towel on your head. Kind of weird, right? On the other hand, there's other countries where you have to let your beard grow. If you, don't sha if you were to shave your face, it looks like you're, like you're uh, trying to pick up girls or something. You know? It's like you know, you're supposed to have a beard. In some countries, women aren't even allowed to, wear, uh, aren't even allowed to show their knees. The fact that you have short sleeve, a short sleeve shirt on, the men would be going crazy. You know, they'd be all angry because it's a different culture. This is what we call cultural conditioning. Different cultures, there's different, there's different cultural conditioning. So basically what we do as human beings is we are always looking to see what the, what the culture is, what is, you know, what, what is going on to determine you know, our sense of reality, to, ha to have a sense of reality. Um, well, like I said, I believe that your sense of reality is like a muscle. Your sense of reality is actually like a muscle that you develop over time. Probably when you're young, your sense of reality was very weak. And then as you get older, your sense of reality becomes stronger and stronger. What I believe is that as you get older and older, your sense of reality becomes more and more shaped and defined over time in a positive way. But also can sometimes be in a negative way too, because anything that's a bad habit, you might get stuck in it and not want to change it. So it can be good and bad. Uh, but anyway, I listed here what certain things are basically as far as your sense of reality. Okay? So I wrote who you are, what you value, what kind of vibe you have around you, and what kind of boundaries that you have. So let's stop and think a little bit about that. Okay, what I believe is that most people do not have a strong sense of who they are. I think most people really don't. Uh, I believe that most people look to others to define themselves. They look for social feedback. Uh, if you look at our generation, people do things like Facebook. What's the one in Latin America called, Bebo or something? What's it called? No, that's Europe. What's the Facebook of Latin America? There's a really, or is Facebook taken over now? Yeah. Facebook has taken over now. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I think the yeah. before Facebook, Orkut was the... Orkut. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, okay, I actually work with the guys at Facebook sometimes, and uh, they're interesting people. Um, anyway, uh, okay. Mostly, like, you know, they're posting on Facebook, like, posting their pictures up. Do people like it? What do they think of it? Right? People are looking to other people uh, to know who they are. Right? It's like, who am I? Does he like me? Does he think I'm cool? What does he think of me? And that's how they define themselves. Um, likewise, in terms of people's values, I think a lot of people don't really know what they value. In fact, a lot of our values, really a lot of the time, comes from consumer culture. Oh, what kind of car do you drive? What kind of brands do you like? Uh, what kind of watch do you have? What kind of, uh, you know, what kind of uh, car do you drive? What kind of... You know, what kind of house do you live in? Things like that. Consumer culture. A lot of our modern culture conditions us to think that however much achievement we have, that's how we should value ourselves. That's what we should value in life. Look at these magazines. Uh, in America, we have Us Magazine. Do you guys have magazines like that down in, down in Latin America? Right, where it shows different celebrities. You know, this celebrity looks like this, and this celebrity did this diet, and, you know, this kind of stuff. It's really ridiculous, actually. It's really very, very ridiculous. Because really, our culture, like our, you know, our modern culture, a lot of the time there's a vacuum. There's a lack of values in our culture. In the past, many different cultures would, would have values like integrity, 
uh, would have values like honor or you know, family or having fun or things like that, right? That's what people would value. But in modern society, oftentimes there's a vacuum. And so we get sucked into consumer culture uh, you know, as our sense of values. And uh, that's stupid. It doesn't really make any sense because life is short and uh, you really have nobody to impress. So uh, that being the case, when we're looking here at having a strong sense of reality, we look at, first of all, who you are. So knowing who you are. Having a strong sense of who you are. It means not knowing, it means that you're basically not looking to other people to tell you who you are. So when I look at myself, an example, I'll just throw some examples out there. I'm a father. Uh, I'm a public speaker. I'm someone who creates different ideas to help people with social skills and help people with confidence. Uh, I'm a world traveler. I love to read, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, I like to contribute positivity to the world. I want to make the world better than when I left it. Things like that, right? So I know who I am. And if someone says, that guy's a big jerk, or I don't like that guy, I don't really care. When I say I don't really care, I mean it. I really don't care. I probably almost don't care too much. I really don't care. Uh, because I know who I am. I'm not looking for other people to tell me who I am. And you have to be the same, all right? Don't look to other people to tell you who you are. When you know who you are, when you have a strong sense of identity of who you are, the result of that is that you don't lose confidence when other people challenge you. You're not losing confidence when other people don't agree. Likewise, as far as your values, if you lack a clear sense of what your values are, well, then what happens is you're like, a, you're like a leaf in the wind. You can be blown around. You lack a clear concept of what you value. Well, what does it mean to have a clear concept of what you value? What are some values that people in this room have? What are some values that are important to you? Just throw some ideas out. Don't be shy. Honesty. Honesty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why is it? By the way, let's, let's talk about why. Why is honesty important? Um, for me, it's important because I can trust in that person, and I feel that also the other people can trust on me. Mm -hmm. So it allows you to have synergistic relationships, which makes everyone life, everyone's life better. Good. What else? Family. Family. Okay, so family is an important value to you. Why? If somebody cares about his family, he will probably care about all the things too. Mm -hmm. Important it's things too. Mm -hmm. It's the center of society. Yeah. If you don't have a close, strong family, it's like the base of all the social structure, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a good community if you don't have good families. Mm -hmm. Also, because it's the best way to transmit the values that we have for the posterity. For what? For the future. For to transmit mm -hmm. the future, all the values. Mm -hmm. See, it's very simple for to transmit to the closest people. Mm -hmm. For the family. Mm -hmm. And then transmit to other ones. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. What are some other values? Integrity. Integrity. Why? What I do. Speak up. I, I Louder. <laughs> <laughs> do it, man. Uh, mm. What I think is what I do. Mm -hmm. So that is very important for uh, one person who is going to be working with me. So mm -hmm. Cool, cool. I like that. What are some other values here? Passion. What's that? Passion. Passion. Mm-hmm. Because you need to do everything that you do with passion, with um, meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a very Latin American value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys call uh, call uh, Americans like uh, Gringo Frio or something like that? Is that what it is? <laughs> Gringos Frio or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very big Latin American value. Passion. I feel the same way, actually. I'm very passionate. Um, okay, so these are examples of values. 
Well, when you lack a clear concept of what your values are, what happens is that other people's values come in. Maybe greed, or uh, not working hard, or uh, you know, lack of integrity, or finding the easy way out. And these are values that people don't like them, not necessarily, uh, you know, not even necessarily because they don't work in the short term, but because in the long term they'll mess up your life. In the long term it messes things up. Well again, this comes back to having a strong sense of reality is knowing what your values are. And this comes back into knowing who you are. You know who you are, you know your self-concept, and also the values that you have as a person. All right, another one is what, what personal boundaries that you have. Having a clear sense of personal boundaries. Having a strong sense of personal boundaries actually instills respect. It instills respect from other people. Somebody who lacks in personal boundaries will not be respected. They're simply not respected if they lack those personal boundaries. It comes across as low status and like anything will go. Doesn't mean you have to have aggressive personal boundaries just to have them, but just having a strong sense of personal boundaries. And another one, and this is a very, very important one for me, is the vibe that you expect around you. What's the word for vibe in Spanish, by the way? Vibración. Okay. So it's like the mood. What's the word for mood? Humor. Okay. <laughs> All right. Humor. Humor. Okay. So, yeah, it's the vibe that you, I call that vibe, right? It's the emotion that you want around you. Uh, in my case, I only want, a pos I want positive emotion around me or focus on the work or something like that, but positivity. And I'm not going to accept anything other than that. I, in fact, it's like anything other than that is like trying to jam a square peg into a round hole. I'm not going to let that in. The next one that we'll look at, we'll look at number six and seven, which is a, having a high sense of entitlement and walking through the world with ease. Okay, so what is entitlement? Um, well, I think someone can feel overly entitled. I think people can feel too entitled and can be obnoxious. But generally speaking, I believe that you should feel that you are entitled to the best. You are entitled to everything life has to offer. Um, here's what's kind of fascinating in life. What you'll find is that whatever you believe you deserve in life is probably what you'll get. And this happens for a number of different reasons, but one of them is something called a reticular activation system, RAS. Okay, RAS, which is reticular activation system. What reticular activation system is, and this is very, very important if you want to understand your clients and what's going on with them, is basically the following, okay? I want you guys to, uh, I want you guys to look around this room at everything that is yellow. Okay, look around the room at everything that's yellow right now. You see it? Find the yellow, find the yellow. All right, close your eyes. Do it, close your eyes. Okay, just go with me here, even if it sounds stupid. How much uh, blue stuff do you see in the room? Can't remember, right? Okay, open your eyes back again. Okay. Well, my shirt was blue. Maybe you didn't even think of that. All right, so that's called reticular activation system. Whatever you think has value is actually what you're going to focus on or what you view as having a threat. So, for example, let's say, uh, let's say that a uh, very attractive man or woman were to walk into the room right now. Okay, say some, say, say some like, muscular guy with his shirt off, like walked into the room right now, and he's like. <laughs> like that, right? Okay, you're, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's say that that happened. Well, uh, you know, where's your attention gonna be, right? I'm like, hey, listen to my ideas about corporate culture. <laughs> you wanna hear it, right? You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, because your reticular activation system, we're, we're, we're lighting up, right? <laughs> you're licking your lips right now, you're like, <laughs> right? It's human, human, human nature, right? That's how we are. Okay, so uh, 
Um, that's reticular activation system. We focus in on what, on, on what has value to us. Or what if some frightening man with a gun came in right now? Right? But I'm solo. I'm like, listen to me. Right? Listen to my talk about RAS. And a man's got a gun. Would you be able to remember what I'm saying? Well, even I'm still saying that stuff. I'm still saying what I'm saying. But your brain will screen it out. It actually blocks it out. Literally blocks it out. Well, what, that, that's, that's called RAS, reticular activation system. We focus in on what has value to us. Maybe like a really, you know, say some like amazing food just like got wheeled in. It smelled like really good, right? It's like you can't stop looking at it because it has value to us. Or say that something is a threat, we'll look at that. Well, another fascinating thing about RAS is actually that human beings, <laughs> we tend to seek out validation of our existing beliefs. This is a fascinating, fascinating thing about human beings. We humans were a very interesting creature in that we would rather learn something that reinforces what we already believe to be true than learn something that's brand new and that conflicts with our existing beliefs. And a major reason why is because we want to stay confident. If you, find, if you have a really strong belief about something and it turns out to be false, what's going to happen? Now you've got to question all your other beliefs. If this thing that I really believe is wrong, what else am I wrong about? And then, it, and then it messes with your confidence. It gives you bad emotions. So something that RAS does is it actually will focus in on what we believe to be true. You actually have a belief about what you deserve in life. You have a belief about what your status is. And you'll keep looking for evidence to back it up and screening out any evidence that conflicts it. So um, let's say that you think that you're unattractive, okay? Say that you thought you're not an attractive guy. And then some girl came up to you and she's like, that's a nice shirt. Hey, you know what your brain's going to do? Your brain's going to be like, she doesn't, she's teasing me. She's making fun of me. You know what I'm saying, right? Anyone here ever done that when you're younger, maybe? Some girl actually gives you attention, then you think she's making fun of you. But on the other side, if you think that you're really attractive, and then, uh, and then some girl even just is like, is like, like that, what's your brain probably thinking? Oh, she likes me. Yeah, she likes me, right? You guys know Pepe Le Pew from Looney Tunes? Yeah. You guys remember him, right? Yeah. And every single thing that like, this cat would do, he'd think it's because the cat's like, in love with him? Yeah. That's because his RAS it thinks that every woman loves him, you know? And it's like romantic, right? <laughs> so his RAS would just keep believing that, he's, that that's what he's entitled to. That, you know, that's his entitlement. Well, generally speaking, like, what we believe that we're entitled to is what we're going to get in life. That's generally speaking what's going to happen. And our brain is actually going to make us like, our brain, if we think that we're not entitled to a lot of success, creates what's something called success barriers. It actually, our brain actually blocks out all these cool opportunities that we have to have success because our brain just thinks that we're not deserving of success. So it'll block it out. On the flip side, if you think that you're entitled to a lot of success and a lot of happiness, your brain will block out obstacles. You won't even look at different obstacles and you'll just look at opportunity. You'll just see opportunity right in front of you. <laughs> it's kind of cool how that works, right? Well, that's what a strong sense of entitlement is. It's like, I'm you know, I am entitled to a great review from my customers. I'm entitled for people to like me. I'm entitled for people to be positive around me. And that's what your reticular activation system focuses in on. That's what you see, like, yes, okay? That's it. That is all. That is your reality. We call this a self-fulfilling prophecy. Could you guys say that word with me? Self-fulfilling prophecy, okay. This is such a shy, high-tech company, I can't believe it. All right, let's try it again. Self-fulfilling prophecy. All right. So, okay, I get you to say these words because, again, it's a lot of information here today, so I want you to be able to remember it. So, self-fulfilling prophecy. Basically, what that means is that 
what we believe to be true oftentimes becomes true just because we believe it, even though it, it maybe wouldn't have even come true. Self-fulfilling prophecy. So generally speaking, it's like you want to create a self-fulfilling prophecy with your customers of positivity. You're entitled to success. That's all that you see is success. On the flip side, if you see a problem happening, you have to recognize that and address it too. All right, So it's not complete like you're delusional. All right. Walking through the world with ease. I think, that, I think as far as your, as your customers go, this is maybe one of the most important ones, is walking through the world with ease. So I told you guys that I grew up very, very shy. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. You know, I had a hard time talking to girls. I had a hard time uh, fitting in socially. I didn't go to parties or anything like that. And one of the reasons why was because I had a lot of social anxiety. That's just how I came up. So I had to transform myself. I had to do the best I could. And I'm not perfect with it, but I made a lot of progress. So one of the most important concepts was the idea of walking through the world with ease. What does that mean? Well, what I believe is walking through the world believing that opportunities are abundant. Okay? Generally speaking, people have one of two attitudes towards life. They either believe that, that opportunities and happiness and, and good things in life are abundant. There's a lot of them out there. Or they believe in scarcity. What are those words in uh, Spanish, by the way? Abundance and scarcity. Abundancia. Okay, and what? Escasez. Escasez. Okay, so abundance and scarcity. Okay. So basically, uh, as far as abundance and scarcity goes, if you believe that there's an abundance of great opportunities, an abundance of friends that you can have, an abundance of happiness, then you don't go into, you don't go into fear. You don't go into the strange fear. Um, but when you believe there's a scarcity, that's when you, you, know, that's when you argue and, and stuff like that. But the, you, know, you, you become negative and, and, and uh, hostile. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, when customers are negative, a lot of it comes from the idea of scarcity. You know, uh, yeah, they're in, they're in a scarcity-based paradigm. Yes, yes, a win-lose paradigm instead of a win-win paradigm. You got that? Yeah, Stephen Covey talks about that too. That's very important. Yeah, um, yeah, scarcity. And so, generally speaking, it's like coming from a, a position of abundance. All right, and we talked about self-fulfilling prophecies and reticular activation system, and basically, it's like. When you believe in abundance, you'll see more opportunities because your reticular activation system sees it. You know what's funny about poor people? Think of America here, right? There's a lot of poor people in this country. I grew up like that. I left home when I was very young. But I believe that there was opportunity. You know, Poor people, what do they always think? It's, a, it's the, the world sucks paradigm. There's, not, there's no opportunity. I can't get ahead. You know, I've got to fight this other man for, for some little bit of food or you know, I need to sell drugs to make money because I can't get a job or you know, whatever it is. It's like they believe, in, you know, they believe in scarcity. Well, when you believe in abundance, you see opportunities. Your RAS doesn't block it out. It's like when I told you, look at everything that's yellow. You, can't see, you, you don't remember where the blue is. Well, as far as opportunities go, <laughs> if, all, if, you th if you believe in scarcity, all that your RAS is seeing is scarcity. There's no opportunities. There's no opportunities. Instead of seeing opportunities and jumping on them, right? So a really big thing that I've had to do in my life is I've had to train myself, like believe that there's opportunities. Believe that you'll find opportunities. You know, believe that, you know, believe that you'll find it, right? Uh, it's like, how did, I even, how did I even wind up speaking for Cisco here today? This is pretty crazy. <laughs> it's kind of exciting for me. I'm really, actually really excited to be here. Uh, you know, we went, to, we went to an event called uh, the Summit Series. It was a business event. I think that must have cost like $6,000 per ticket for me and my business partner. I don't want to spend $12,000 to go to a business event. Who wants to spend $12,000? But I believe in abundance, right? Who knows what could happen? We go there, uh, and then we met someone who was related with Cisco, 
And then this opportunity came up, you know, and who knows what will come of it. I don't really know what will come of it, but then there'll be other opportunities. I'm not even worried about it because if nothing worked out with Cisco, I don't even care. Like really, not because, and not because I don't want it to, but because I know I'll have other opportunities. So I believe in abundance. I walk roads. You know, I, t- I take risks. I believe in opportunities. I believe there's lots of opportunities out there, okay? I, I believe I'm entitled to success, you know? So you, as, a, as a project manager, you have to believe that you're entitled to success. You have to believe, like, like everything's going to be awesome. And look, prob- I'm sure that there's probably some people in the room right now who know, who know about challenges as being a project manager that I don't know about. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, what does he know about what I do? And the truth is I've, I've tried to learn, but there's only so much that I know about it. So I know that there's also obstacles to that success, okay? And there's probably a lot and a lot that I don't understand that I'm trying harder to understand. But fundamentally, you have to believe that in the bigger picture, there's a lot of opportunities. You have to be entitled, okay? This is an inner, we call this inner game, okay? The inner game of success. <laughs> Believing that there's a lot of opportunities that are available.